0: hello and welcome to another episode of the total clarity podcast i'm mike varley
1: and i'm jesse hyatt
0: and this is our fifth week of walking
1: wow and
0: our third week exploring the borough of queens
1: yeah we are really getting to know queens now
0: getting to know queens (laughs) etc that's the end of the singing that i'll do Uh, So you'll, if you're on YouTube, you'll see that we are repeating what we did last week, which is doing walk footage over us talking. We got a little bit of feedback on it that was positive. Happy to hear more feedback about it from anybody that has some. I also wanted to start this podcast off with something I've been thinking about for a couple of weeks, but haven't put together until now, and that is giving our listeners a little bit of an understanding of the distance we've gone relative to other locations.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah.
0: So, each week we travel 131 miles. That is 26.2 miles times 5. Yeah. And of course, we sometimes cover a little more than that each week, but for the purposes of keeping things nice and easy, we'll just assume 131 miles each week. Okay. So, Now that we've gone five weeks, we've traveled to quite a few different places Where
1: have we gone to?
0: So, to start, one week, 131 miles, if we're using the City Hall Park as the location of New York, New York on our Google Maps.
1: City Hall Park is the park in front of City Hall, right by the Brooklyn Bridge? That's right. Great, okay.
0: Downtown Manhattan.
1: Okay, we can all orient ourselves.
0: Yes. So, 131 miles, it's actually to the length of Montauk, the tip of the lighthouse on Long Island. No way. Yeah. Cool. So, one week of marathon walks can get you the entirety of Long Island.
1: Cool. Oh, yeah, because you would go right over the Brooklyn Bridge and then and there all you the go. way out to the island. Oh. That's right. Cool.
0: So just picture one week of marathons is one long island.
1: We thought about that doing that walk once.
0: We did, yeah. Yeah.
1: And now that we're talking about it, I actually remember that it was about that distance because I planned it all out. Yeah. We didn't do it though.
0: No, we did Vermont instead. Maybe. Maybe one week.
1: Maybe one week. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not one day. We will not be doing that in one day, I doubt.
0: So two weeks, Washington, DC.
1: Oh. Yeah. Again from City Hall.
0: Always from City Hall.
1: Always from City Hall. Yes. Well, there you go. Two hundred and
0: sixty-two miles. I will say that each of these are like maybe give or take a couple of miles, but I picked the biggest, most interesting unit. Okay. So actually, this one is the uh, this one is the biggest exception. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Montreal. No. Yes. Really? Yes. And actually, we'd have an extra 20 miles to spare.
1: What? How?
0: It's 370 miles to Montreal. Oh,
1: my goodness. See, that one surprises me a lot.
0: Yeah. So, you can be out of the country in three weeks walking.
1: So, I guess when we walked the length of Vermont, how many miles was that, about 200? 200. And three weeks is 400 miles?
0: Three weeks is 393 miles.
1: 393 miles. Okay. All right. Well, I'm putting this together because when we walked the length of Vermont, we then took a short bus ride to Montreal. That's right. But we walked up to Canada. I'm just trying to put this all together in my head.
0: Right. And there are a lot of things that, you know, fall within this distance, too. You know, like we could get to Buffalo in two weeks and change, things like that. Sure. Which I thought was an interesting. New York to Buffalo feels like the length of New York, so you could basically walk yeah. the length of New York in two and a half or three weeks. Okay. Yeah. So next one. Yeah. Going uh, down south. Okay. Four weeks, five hundred and twenty-four miles. We could walk to Raleigh, North Carolina.
1: Wow. Yeah. Raleigh.
0: Raleigh. Yeah, you're right.
1: I am. I know. But that's okay. I like the way you said it kind of it gives it a little bit of like an accent.
0: So, yeah, one month's worth of time we can be in Raleigh.
1: Wow. That's pretty far to go. Yeah. Yeah. And And what about 5 weeks?
0: Now we're up to date. Okay. 5 weeks. Where
1: are we Where would we be?
0: We could be in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, we would not like to be there.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we are here. I guess.
0: <laughs> well, if it's not impressive enough for you,
1: no, no, another... it, I mean that's impressive. That's impressive. That's far. That's a long trip. I'm just thinking about the walk down to Raleigh. Think like I think that seems like
0: Pennsylvania. We passed
1: through a lot of different
0: Pennsylvania states. and Ohio are big states.
1: Exactly. Pennsylvania and Ohio are big states. That's why, I'm, that's why I was a little like, oh, we could go to Ohio because it, it would be a lot of walking through Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. When we drove out to Michigan last year, it was a lot of driving through Pennsylvania
0: Well, it's Ohio. interesting you say Michigan because Detroit <gasps> is actually 600 miles away, which is closer than Cincinnati. Oh. We would go through Canada. But oh, you can get to Detroit faster than you can get to Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh,
1: that's interesting through walking, Wow. yeah well, this is that fa- this is fascinating, yeah, because the 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 walking trips that we've taken in the past have been that kind of trip where it's like you start in one location and you go to another location and you're staying at different places along the way. And I've always felt when we've done that, like I guess it's it's incredible to see sort of like the distance that we can cover in that linear way. And I I like knowing how far we've gone in a line. Yeah. Even though that's not how we're doing it right now.
0: Yeah. And these are not necessarily in lines either. This is just the fastest <laughs> right. The fastest walking route.
1: Yeah. It's not as a bird flies. No. It's as a Mike and Jesse walk.
0: It's as a Google map suggests.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right.
0: So, yeah. So, I don't know if we'll do it every week. Maybe we will. We'll see.
1: Maybe it'll be a five-week update every five weeks. I don't know. I'm not going to... We'll do it whenever we feel like it.
0: (laughs) You'll get no promises from us, internet. So, yeah. So, that's it. But let's pivot over to this week's walk. Okay. As we said earlier, East Queens. Do you want to start us off?
1: Okay, sure. So.
0: Let's start with the one where we walk because the footage. Oh, I it. The, the other way. That's, but okay, why, the, that's why. Oh, I, the
1: footage goes that way? Yeah, so I saved oh, myself
0: hours of having to oh, gosh. change things around. Yeah, I'm
1: glad you. All the
0: footage already goes in this direction. In one direction.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. So that's what we did yesterday. Yeah. So we leave our house. We walk, in a way that we've walked a number of times already, up, well, we walk up Cooper instead of up to Decatur, but it was, we've done that a couple times. We've
0: gone this route last week, but the footage that you're most likely looking at right now does not include last week's portion because we had already captured that. I see. So, okay it goes up cooper and then on to the myrtle through the ridgewood area and the glendale area like we did yeah. last time
1: but then we quickly veer off that's right cuz we're going east now
0: well we ve- yeah we veer off the previous route yeah but what that entails is remaining on myrtle avenue mm-hmm. which for people that are intimately well not intimately necessarily but people that are familiar with myrtle avenue but aren't familiar with the entirety of the road, if you like biking, it might be worth it to take a ride through the length of it because it changes quite a few times. It becomes some really interesting things. And the area where Jesse works is elevated train tracks and Mm -hmm. very Brooklyn city vibe.
1: And I would imagine that maybe a lot of the people listening to this are familiar with that part of Myrtle. That's the part of Myrtle that's runs through Bushwick and Bed-Stuy and is sort of, like, where a lot of people our age are living or visiting or, you know, mm-hmm. there's lots of bars and restaurants and stuff over there, too.
0: Yeah. And then it becomes an area where there's a lot of graveyards, which we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. And- also kind of a little more, I don't know, residential feeling, even though there's certainly residences on that part of Myrtle, but less gritty city vibes and more, not not even suburban, just kind of like more tree-lined and individual stores and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into a park for a yeah, while. Yeah. It, it goes, goes right
1: through Forest Park. That's
0: right. which is most likely the footage you've been viewing for the past few minutes while we've been talking. And it is, you know, a really nice section over there. There's a lot of people working out in the parks. Yeah. And a lot of people biking through, a lot of tree cover. So that was always kind of a cooler part of the walk, regardless of what time of day we were going through.
1: Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. You you bring up people working out in parks. I know last week we talked about exercising in playgrounds and... Um, some people had things to say about that, <laughs> and that was good to hear people's thoughts. I think I would agree with what was what was written in the comments. yeah, that, um, and I think we we said that enough last week, but yeah, it was a little funny to see these these people. I don't know if we mentioned they were childrenless. They did not have their own children, right. which was what made it creepy. My uncle commented and said that he used to work out, but it was with his kids and right. I do think that that's okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes I think everyone agreed
1: I think everyone agreed on the the etiquette of whether or not you should work out at a playground but you said that this week on Myrtle we were passing a lot of people working out in the park and it was like an adult playground like an adult exercising playground
0: yes there were all al-
1: those metal poles and stuff that a kid would probably want to play on too but that it was very clear that it was for adults or the adults had just taken it. Maybe it was originally for kids and the adults just took it over. I don't really know. We didn't get close. No. But there was another interesting exercise that we saw. Yes. That you saw twice that I only saw once. That's right. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Sure. There's an area which, yeah, unfortunately I didn't catch it on the camera when I was doing the marathon loop. I caught the area where it was happening. You may have seen people exercising already in the video. There is a giant limb that has fallen from one of the trees in this area.
1: How long would you say it is, like 30 feet?
0: Yeah. Yeah, at least. At least 30 feet long. And
1: like eight inches in diameter.
0: Eight inches might, I don't know, we didn't get up close. I think eight inches and 30 feet long might be a little much.
1: I might be exaggerating. It might be eight inches on the one end and it tapers down to like three inches. Yeah.
0: You might be saying, why does it matter what a stick looks <laughs> like on the ground? Well, multiple different people were using this stick as part of their exercise regimen. Yeah. So, <laughs> we I'd see people doing twists with it, people uh, curling, doing curls with it.
1: Lifting it up and down. Yes. Yeah.
0: And, uh, Jesse saw, was with me one time where we saw a man, what was he doing? He was,
1: he was lifting it up and down. Yeah. But he was like moving around it while he was holding it yeah. also. And, and then he was like, I mean, he was like also jumping around near it. Yeah. <laughs> in between lifting it up and down. I don't think the jumping part really had anything to do with the stick, except that it was alternate training. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And near the stick.
0: Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, quite interesting to see people really taking advantage of what was available to them in the park. Yeah. And Might I don't No need know...
1: to buy weights if you can just use that big stick.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's been, there were no exercise classes this week that we observed, but it has been really interesting to see the degree to which exercising in parks is such a huge part of the New York City culture. And I, it's not like I didn't know that. I mean, certainly you pass a park at any time and there's exercising going on, especially when like there's a track or something like Mm -hmm. that. But I don't know that it's so prevalent in so many areas. And I don't know if the, the virus has something to do with people just having time on their hands. But...
1: yeah. I mean, there's also like gyms and indoor exercising places are closed. so it maybe there's more people out, but I don't feel like I have a great way to compare that. I feel like certainly, I know like you said, I've noticed people exercising outside always, and it's the summer, and people are outside and like to be outside. but i but I don't know that I. It does feel like there's a lot of people at those stations. Yeah, we can
0: only speculate. And you're you're right. The fact that the gyms are closed right now would, you know, suggest that maybe there's more people. But I also, I don't think I've seen any gyms or I haven't taken tremendous notice of any gyms in neighborhoods either. It does seem like these Mm. would be the options for people. Oh,
1: that's a good point. Yeah. In
0: a lot of these neighborhoods.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so... Yeah, it seemed it. It's really cool. I really yeah. like the idea that you know people are self-starting in in these park areas, and like the city in a lot of these parks has accommodated them by providing, you know, a, adult jungle gyms essentially yeah. for people to do the exercise, and it makes it an area where there's there's actually it seems like a lot of times there's a lot of positive energy around that space too. You know, I don't. I haven't really gotten any vibes of people being negative around around those spaces, usually the people are supporting each other and it, yeah, creates an atmosphere where it feels good to be in that space, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it seems like people are either supporting each other or just doing their own thing. It doesn't seem, it hasn't looked like there's a lot of um, competition. Oh, there was a gym. We walked by very early in the morning. It was across the street. I think we were talking about something else, so I didn't really point it out, but there I noticed four people outside of a gym lifting barbells. It was like a class that was happening on the sidewalk. Hmm. There was one person sort of telling them what to do. And then I noticed the four people all lifting their weights. Like it was outside of a gym that was closed.
2: Huh. No, but that I, I was early
1: that. on, not too far from us. Right. So, and we're talking more like as we get further out into Queens right? is where we haven't been noticing a lot of gyms. But so that one's more like in our neighborhood that I yeah. noticed. But.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure... you. The gyms want to start up, too. Oh, they have to figure,
1: yeah, I'm sure, and people probably want to be able to use that equipment. If you don't have a giant tree limb available, then you really have to go find your big weights and stuff. Right,
0: right. (laughs) So getting out of Forest Park and its exercise area, we hit the final part of Myrtle Avenue, which is kind of a transition area. There's a mixture of homes and i remember some funeral homes there's this interesting marquee that was uh, i guess abandoned and it looked like it was a flea market on sundays but of course that's not going either yeah and from there then we come in contact with the elevated train once again a theme of queens the elevated train tracks which i Really enjoy the aesthetic. Jesse and I were talking about it a lot. You can almost expect to find the same types of shops.
1: It's a similar vibe for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I'd say that elevated train area near Myrtle Broadway and the earlier part of Myrtle mm-hmm. maybe has slightly more bars and restaurants Mm -hmm. like sit down bars and restaurants yeah and then this other part of the elevated train that we're talking about right now where the j line runs on jamaica i would say less bars still some restaurants to sit down at and more counter service or like what would you call um like the type of restaurant that you walk in and there's like prepared food behind a glass or plexi or something. Well, it's something. kind of like and a
0: cafeteria style.
1: Kind of cafeteria, and like there might be a counter in the back that you can sit at, or like it's a takeout situation. Yeah. But I feel, and those those restaurants certainly are throughout. Like that that type of restaurant is throughout the elevated train area in Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah, And then, yeah, lots of 99 cent stores and delis and specialty stores for food like Caribbean stores and West Indies stores like that sell like very, very small delis Mm -hmm. that sell spices and special like really specialty stuff. You don't go in there to get like a bag of chips and a Snickers bar or something, you go in there to get, like, I don't even know, like, like, if you're cooking a special meal that, you know, comes from a certain region, (laughs) you go to get, like, the spices and the, maybe the type of bread that is used or something like that.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: And those, yeah, those seem to be always there. Small, like, doctor's office, like, specialty doctor's offices and, Mm -hmm very small, like, tax preparer and, like, notaries. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. And that's... The... There's a little bit of a crossover with respect to the route this week. We don't actually walk on the same streets for any meaningful amount of time, but we do hit a crossroads at one point between the very start and the very end. So... Yeah. There... This kind of storefront is described describes both the kind of the the start of the walk and the end of the walk and yeah I mean I particularly out in the Queens areas that we've seen this past month it is as Jesse described and I think you're right I you know the area closer to where your studio is does have a lot more bars and whatnot as well
1: yeah well like it seems kind of like the the elevated track streets. It's a lot it's mostly businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because living right next to the elevated track. Well, I mean there's always apartments above. Yeah.
2: yeah. But it's ground not often like
1: full apartment building. Yeah, it seems like the ground floor is almost always commercial with minor exceptions here and there. And then Yeah, I mean it makes sense for a number of reasons like living on the ground floor under the elevated tracks would be a very unique experience. And then it's also the train is stopping every 10 blocks or so. So you can people are there. Yeah. People are walking on that street. It that's where they're going to want to do their shopping. Yeah. But it usually seems like sort of like the basics. Yeah. Whereas then over yeah near where my studio is, it I feel like it's sort of been developed and gentrified and I think that's where kind of the extra bars are coming in because there's a lot of young people there's a lot of like young people that are trying to go out and meet each other and do that whole scene right <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure there's young people wanting to go out in all of these areas but it seems like the, the like purely bar vibe is just a little heavier. Yeah. Yeah. But all that other stuff exists over like throughout the whole the whole space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're on that under the tracks there for I don't know 10 or 15 blocks before we get into Jamaica, which is a major hub of Queens. In some ways perhaps you could you could call it the hub of Queens. Yeah. And Jessie did a bunch of research on it this week when she was at the studio one day.
1: I did. Yeah, so um, so it is a major hub of Queens. In Jamaica, There, it's a major transit hub. Ten Long Island Railroad branches converge there. We have been there a number of times when we're going out to visit your family. Mm-hmm. Thirteen bus lines meet up in Jamaica four major subways and five adjacent highways mm. and there's also connection to JFK. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, changing at Jamaica is something that all people from Long Island understand.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I would I would think so.
0: You have to <laughs> you just you know, generally you'd like to avoid doing it because it just takes a little bit extra time. But you look at the the railroad schedules and you're like, all right, well, do I have to change it to Jamaica or no? And then it's like, okay, well, if I do, I'd get, I need to know which track I'm on. And like, is it going to be there or am I going to miss it, you know?
1: Yeah. It's wild. I feel like I'm getting – I'm definitely getting used to that, how that works to ride the railroad out to Long Island and change it to Jamaica. But it took me a while to understand, like, where do you look? Who do you listen for? Are you going to know what to do? And then there's that trick where you can go through another trick. Like if you have to get to the other track, but there's another train with both its doors open, you can just go through. Right. And everyone does it. And I'm like, I I feel comfortable I with trapped? it now. Exactly. Like what if the doors close and I go to Hempstead or something? I don't even know what Hempstead is. Where is that? Where is that in relation to Huntington? What's going to happen? You know? Uh, <laughs> It's kind of just like riding the subway, the New York subway. Mm-hmm. You you know, you get the rules down and then you you know what you're doing. But mm-hmm. anyway, we're speaking about Jamaica here. So, so it's a hub, planes, trains, automobiles, they're all there, they all meet up there. In 1925, Jamaica became the premier shopping area of all central Queens. And in the 30s, it was considered the financial heart of Queens. Mm-hmm. That lasted through till the 60s, and it's only really sort of lost steam because people started moving a little bit further out and into Nassau County. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess as people were living in Long Island and all that transportation expanded further, there wasn't quite as much of a need to do all the shopping and all that stuff in, in Jamaica. But it's still seems to be there's still a lot of businesses it still seems like a major commercial area
0: yeah it's pretty interesting to me the stores there so there are these department stores in new york for those that aren't familiar like rainbow and jimmy jazz that I think ex- it probably extend to at least other urban areas in the Northeast. I don't know. We had know. a
1: rainbow growing up in
0: Pennsylvania. You did? Yeah. yeah. we didn't have a rainbow. So, I don't know how far, if it's national or or what. They remind me of, in a funny way, the, again, in quotes, department stores that you might found at a beach town. Yeah, kind You know, kind where, of. like, they all sell the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they look, like, big and impressive on the outside, and then the inside, you're like, okay, well, this is just, this is a store.
1: Yeah, know? I mean, it's, like, basic, it's, like, you know, t-shirts and yeah. shoes, and, but it's all pretty, like, just, like, cheap and easy and basics. Yeah.
0: yeah, there. I mean, there were a bunch of outfits being, outfits being advertised for, like, three ninety nine. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dear. Yeah. Where was that made? What? I
1: know, I know. That's, uh... Yeah, it's not being made well. No. It's not being made in a good ethical way. No. in There's no way that any of that is ethical.
0: But the, so the that strip of Jamaica stores is like the equivalent of Broadway where I used to work in, in some ways where it's like the flagship versions of these stores. Like I've never really seen bigger versions of Mm. these types of stores.
1: Yeah, that's actually, I mean, I wonder if any of them are the actual flagship stores. Right. We should look that up.
0: I don't know if that's like a a part of their advertising plan or, so. you know, I don't know if it's part of like to have a flagship store where it's like.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I guess, I don't know. We could look it up. Yeah.
0: But I mean, it also just might be that there there were other stores here at one time and then they just, you know. The space is there, and then they took it up, you know. Right. And yeah, it, it, I mean, it made me think a lot about like, is is this an okay place for it to be? Like, I mean, does it does it go to a more advanced state than what this is, or does it need to? Or like, you know, what is what is an improved commercial area look like? You know.
1: That you you mean that does this area? continue to grow in some way yeah yeah well it seems like i mean it grew so fast over a hundred years ago so the reason that it's a commercial area is because after the civil war the population boomed in jamaica and they expanded the electric trolley service in 1888 and then they added the elevated train in 1918. And then, like I said, by 1925, it was the premier shopping area. So that was only seven years from when the elevated train arrived. And then it was the main shopping area in all of central Queens. Yeah. And then that lasted for almost 40 years until the 60s. And now it's been 60 years, right? Right. And I'm sure it's changed throughout that time i mean yeah the rainbow definitely wasn't there in the 40s and 50s and
0: yeah what i'm what i'm thinking is the the caliber of the buildings does not fit the current stores that are there in as my understanding right. is and so that suggests to me that there is room to grow but then what does that look like you know like firstly a lot of people do their shopping online now mm-hmm. so like retail brick and mortar retail is not something that probably is going to resurge or at least certainly not in the way that we understand it yeah and then if that's the case you know what i i guess the logical version would be you know nike's move in and things like that and then that would be the the highest level that a you know we would think of for that space that's not something that I'm particularly interested in, in seeing. Right. But then what what is, you know, freak because it's I think it would be one thing to say like if it reflected the population that lives there and like independently right. owned stores, then I mean, yeah, like at a, like a, a very simple level that would make sense. Right. But the stores but are so huge. big yeah. that there's not really I don't think there's really a way for that to occur.
1: Yeah. Well, I think what would be interesting is to find out what the people that live there actually need, not in terms of what they need to buy, but what do they actually need? Like those stores are huge. They could easily house some sort of industry. Mm. And maybe people that live there need jobs. Could we set up it could still be fashion-related, right? Could mm-hmm. we set up some sort of kind of like what Industry City did in Sunset Park? Could those then yeah. turn into a place where people could work? Since it is a transportation hub as well, could people coming in from Long Island go to work there? Could people from our area go out east a little bit to work? Yeah. Could, you know, that it, it converges there. That could be really interesting. I don't think, I think when the Starbucks moves in, when the Nikes move in, when those kind of things move in, it's like gentrification that ultimately raises the rents and pushes people out from living there and changes the neighborhood so much. It would be, in my opinion, more interesting to find ways to support the people that are already there and give those buildings some sort of purpose. Yeah. And then if you're using that space as a you know garment worker space people would start to understand the value of the labor that goes into making clothing and then the rainbows would have to get their act together
2: right right
1: i mean this here we are we're not we don't need to spend this whole conversation talking about my interests in <laughs> labor that goes into the fashion industry But it could be, that could be an interesting idea. When I was researching Jamaica, I did not happen to research what it is that a lot of people that live there currently are doing day to day. Or actually, I didn't really research much of what the demographics are even. So I think to to figure out what those spaces could be best used for someone would have to know that or, yeah. you know, in, engage with the people that are living there.
0: Yeah. I think it's worthwhile to talk about the fashion industry in relation to this area, given that the clothing component of our project is a, a real thing. Yeah. And there, you know, we're we're talking about the area. We don't live there. I mean, it's unclear what percentage of people are satisfied with what's going on there already. Mm-hmm. However, if a lot of these stores are based on merchandise that was created in a way that we feel is unethical yeah. and like also, I mean, it's it's hard to not say objectively unethical. Oh, but, yeah. You know, then it's a it's a question of well, if that's the case, then I think it is worthwhile and not invalid to think about what it could potentially be, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is it is
0: it is a it is something that you have to be careful about, the idea of like thinking it could be something else if you're not there. But then when you're comparing it with the idea that that area is based on potentially the suffering of lots of other people, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think as people start to learn about that, it's definitely something that no one wants to support. It's unfortunate that in the fashion industry, there's very little regulation and there's very little transparency. So when you're given the option of shopping at a rainbow where you can spend $4 on your entire outfit, and if you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of options for where you're getting your clothes. and. Of course, thrift stores are, shopping in a thrift store is always ethical. Well, I guess I shouldn't say always. I shouldn't, I shouldn't put a blanket statement on that because the owner of the thrift store that you're shopping from could be supporting terrible things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, most, but when you're talking about an environmental impact and you're talking about a labor impact of who made the clothes then shopping at a thrift store is ethical. Shopping secondhand is always ethical because it already exists and you're not forcing more to be produced. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if you're buying a T-shirt and it's less than $10, that's not going to be...
0: The math doesn't add up. Yeah. Much in the same way that buying meat that's very underpriced doesn't really add up either and it's such a such an ingrained part of our culture that you know we just we excuse i mean it's not even it's like it goes beyond excuse it's really the the conversation isn't weighted enough to even say excuse it's just like a part of the fabric of what Literally. We are, yes.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's also just, it's not really, there's an element that's on the consumer. We can boycott, we can use our money to say what we want and how we want people to be treated, but we also aren't given the information. And sometimes boycotting isn't actually the way to do it, because if we as a nation boycott one brand, say we all decide to boycott H&M, then the people that are being employed by H&M, even if they're being employed at a piece price where they're making two cents per garment, then they get nothing, right? And it's not that two cents per garment is good and it's not even like, well, it's better than nothing, but it, it is better than nothing and it doesn't actually solve the problem. The problem is that These people need to be paid a living wage, and people need to not be treated like that. And the labor needs to be fair. So instead of boycotting, it is important to sort of call out, right? But then that means that we need the information in order to call it out. Mm -hmm. So it's complicated. It's like a lot of work.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and it's and it, and it's not even it's like beyond a lot of work. A lot of this stuff just is impossible to find.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I but I, I mean, as far as just having fun about the idea of what that strip could grow into, the idea of the like industry city esque thing where it yeah. becomes a, a hub for some type of industry is a fun thing to think about. Yeah. I, it's a little more complicated than the industry city thing in that, like, you'd have to acquire all of those buildings rather than, like, just freshly build them yourself, you know?
1: Well, industry city buildings were industry buildings. But they, they were already warehouses. And but they, they were weren't already... being
0: used for the same type right. of thing where it's like that, that section of Jamaica is like culturally, like, important to that yes. area cu- yeah. currently, you know? it involves sweat labor clothing and mm-hmm. like a, a lot of stuff that's kind of dubious but it it is definitely a part of the fabric of that whereas the warehouses they may have been storing things or they right but was... no
1: they were like out not being yeah used yeah. really yeah
0: but yeah i mean I, I think it's kind of it's a cool idea you also looked up what jamaica means right i
1: did yeah so I've always, I mean, anytime you ride the J train, you see that you can either go towards Broad Street or you can go towards Jamaica, right? Mm -hmm. And especially in the winter, (laughs) I'll see, oh, I could go to Jamaica. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, I wish it was really Jamaica. And I could just take the train to some warm island. (laughs) (laughs) But it turns out that Jamaica, Queens has... Nothing to do with Jamaica, the island in the Caribbean. Jamaica, Queens is named after the Algonquin nation that was living there. It was named Yameka, And I might be butchering that a little bit. And what it meant in Algonquin was beaver. Mm-hmm. I guess there were a lot of beavers out there, and when the British came and settled it, they named it Jamaica. But in between before the British got here, the Dutch were here, and they called it Roosdorp, which meant rest town hmm. yeah it's an in, it's an interesting little like the colonists came and restored the name, <laughs> like, taking over the area. It's, they still colonized it, but, like, they restored the name. <laughs> it's a, I don't know. I find that, like, that's just an interesting little fact.
0: So the two locations have nothing to do with each other, but they're both taken from native phrases that were very similar for some reason
1: yeah but jamaica in the caribbean did not mean beaver it meant land of wood and water yeah and it was inhabited by the arawak tribes yeah prior to the arrival of columbus yeah so yeah
0: it's crazy that two different native peoples had a word that was remarkably similar.
1: I know. it. I don't know. I mean, I, I would love to figure out, like, exactly how it was pronounced. The, the spelling is different on the internet, but I also don't, you know, the spelling is it's English spelling. The way that it, they're spelling the Jamaica and Queens was Y-A-M-E-C-A-H. And then the way that the internet is spelling, the original um, spelling of Jamaica, the island, is X-A-Y-M-A-C-A, so.
0: There you go. Yeah. So, we spent a lot of time in Jamaica, so we'll we'll move on from there. Yeah. But it was a fun area to visit, and definitely the big hub for this walk, after this it gets a little quieter. Mm -hmm right immediately after we we go down Merrick Boulevard and we visit St Albans Park and right next to St Albans Park is the Addisley Park Historic District which also has an interesting history that Jesse looked up.
1: It does and I yeah I researched that as well. So it's officially designated as a U.S. Historic District. It's been had that designation since 2011 And the reason for that is because many notable African-American people have lived there. I'll list a couple of them. Jackie Robinson, Fats Waller, Ella Fitzgerald, Lena Horne, John Coltrane, and Count Basie were many of the people that lived in that area. And it's interesting that it's, it's listed as a U.S. Historic District because of these notable African American people that lived there, because before they lived there, it was actually a segregated community meant only for white people. Edwin H. Brown, Gerald C. English, and Alexander Rodman, which are not names that I recognize, but they were white entrepreneurs that developed this area and they created plans that restricted sales to black people. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And in, oh, I don't have the date written down, but it was sometime in the late 30s that some people of color started moving in or attempting to move in. And there were two separate lawsuits during that time that were filed by white residents that succeeded. To keep it segregated Mm -hmm. but then in 1948 the supreme court ruled that racially restrictive covenants violated the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment and from then on it's been not segregated and, and um and yeah all of these amazing people of color were able to move in and live there and yeah, all these jazz musicians, and the houses are beautiful,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there's a there's a nice mural dedicated to a lot of the famous people that have lived there.
0: That's right. That yeah. we walked by. Yeah, I don't think there's any video of that, but there is some video of the Addisley Park houses that, actually, because we talked about Jamaica for so long, we may have already passed it, but, <laughs> but you'll... If you're watching it or it's already passed, you'll note them because it really is a special collection of homes.
1: Yeah. Lots of Tudor-style homes, Mm -hmm. I think is what they're called, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's unique relative to what the houses look like in terms of you might think that they're very expensive homes, and they may be on the resale market. I'm not sure. I
1: actually looked it up. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, so you know, it's it's wild and I don't know that I have enough understanding of how things change, but it's definitely changed a lot. So when it when this area was first developed, it was very expensive. And then these very famous people lived there. And yeah, the houses are big and Nice, nice type of big, but now the median household income is sixty-one thousand. Yeah, which is, you know, fine. That's uh, sort of like middle class, mm-hmm. but it kind of looks like it would be a really wealthy area. Yeah, just because of the way that the houses look, and. I would. I think if we walked through and I didn't know, I hadn't done this research. I would imagine that the houses were selling for over a million. Yeah. But I looked on Zillow <laughs> last night, and that's not the case. Yeah. The houses are selling for anywhere from three hundred thousand to eight hundred thousand.
0: Wow. Yeah. As as we said, they're they're really nice homes. I mean, they're. It's a little bit further out into well it's just not super convenient to other transit there's long island railroad and buses the trains you would have to walk to Jamaica which <laughs> i guess we're walking everywhere so it doesn't <laughs> seem that difficult but it it isn't really something that you could normally walk to it's definitely the area that starts becoming more car centric i guess right so but It was definitely cool to walk through there and see that space, and it has a great park in St. Albans Park right near it. And then from there, we walk into St. Albans, I guess, proper, you would Mm -hmm. say, which we'll go through again later when we do our Hip Hop in Queens walk quite a ways away from here. Yeah. Towards the end of our time but that's where a tribe called Quest is from and there's a a mural over there that uh, we took a picture of as we were going by and yeah there's a there's a lot of stores along the Linden Boulevard area which is what we walked for a good chunk of the time very quiet this week I don't know if it was because of the heat when we were there on Saturday we did a Tuesday through Saturday walk this week based on accommodating our four-day weekend for Jesse's birthday last weekend. So on Saturday, there were a lot of people out there. Mm -hmm. And when we went by in the afternoons, there were more. In the mornings around 11 o'clock or so, the late mornings, there was basically nobody out there. And that was, I feel like for me, a theme of this week, which is there was a lot of Silence in many of these neighborhoods that I'm not accustomed to in other parts of the city.
1: Right. Not a lot of car traffic, not a lot of people, not a lot of music.
0: No. There was... Yeah, I'm trying to think how many areas were industrial that we walked through. And I don't think that that there many were... Not many. No, really just... The closest you could say was that little stretch between Jamaica and Myrtle Avenue. Yeah. Other than that, it was either under the train tracks or there was some park areas we'll get to. And a very large chunk of just home areas that were very silent and... I guess when we were walking through the St. Albans area, it was strange because there's a lot of commercial buildings and for there to be silence around there was a little little strange. But yeah, I I was also trying to figure out what it, it... It didn't feel suburban in the way that last week felt. And I was trying to figure out why that was last night when I was writing down some thoughts as i try and do each night and i i wasn't quite sure why like i i thought that the it was it was suburban in some ways in that there were more cars like it definitely felt like a car culture in a lot of these areas Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and there were there's less sidewalk traffic but then in other ways like there was it felt like there was a lot more bus bussing going on around here than the previous suburban areas that we had identified in like north queens and also the i guess the store types and commercial areas felt like more connected to city living as well
1: mhm i'd say that too
0: and then just like the but yeah like the the homes there were a lot of homes that were, they had the yards, they they were independent structures from whatever was adjacent to them. And it's not like, I, I mean, certainly there are more people of color that live in this area, but it's not like they were out. So it's not like I, you're judging it based on like the people that are in the area. Like it's just just something about the homes. And it wasn't like upkeep either because all the homes were like homes well upkept. Homes really upkeeped.
1: cute. I think I would say the spacing in between the homes Mm -hmm. felt more like a city. Yeah. They were small homes, and you would go blocks and blocks without seeing any sort of establishment in some areas. Yeah. Any, like, any sort of store, but you would also see really wide streets that feel like an avenue that you cross over. Like you said, seeing the buses go by, the sidewalks felt like a city.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: In I, as much as they were maintained but not perfect, <laughs> Yeah, which is like what it's like near us.
0: I think one thing that's a little, even as I say it, it's a little paradoxical, is that I think there were a lot of areas that didn't have a lot of tree cover. Hmm. But I don't necessarily, when I think about areas that are in suburban areas, there are a lot of developments that don't have trees. So yeah. it's not like, but there was something about the lack of trees in these areas, which almost felt more city like for some weird reason. Whereas in a resident or uh, suburban areas of the past couple of weeks suburbanish areas, yeah. they had more tree cover. So
1: Yeah. I think as you're saying this too, I think the the size of the streets and the fact that it was still blocks yeah. made it feel more like we were in a city still. Yeah. As opposed to last week there were these streets that didn't have the yellow line in the middle of them. I felt like I could just walk in the middle of the street like I would have in a neighborhood in the suburbs. They didn't line up on 90 degree angles with the next street.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You weren't hitting block after block after block. It was like sometimes spread out, sometimes there would be a curve. You weren't always sure that you were still going the right the same direction. Mm-hmm. That might be the big difference for me.
0: Yeah. So there's everything that we're describing covers the St. Albans, Cambria Heights, Queens Village, Hollis area that made up the, I don't know, One. one we're like miles, you know, nine through 14 of the walk going in one direction. At that point we start getting towards where the turn is and that is like Bellrose and the Queens County Farm Museum and Little Neck which is where we're basically as close to Nassau County as we're going to get for mm-hmm. this walk and and maybe maybe for any of these four walks that we do
1: Well, we're right on the border. Douglas Town and Little Neck are the very edge of Queens before you hit Nassau County.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, we we visited the Queens County Farm Museum. Unfortunately, it's closed right now, but we saw some cows out in the field, if you can believe it.
1: We saw some chickens, too.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that Little Neck area, that definitely feels like as close as you're going to get to nassau county while still being in queens as far as like culturally and the buildings yeah what we just described with the quasi you know city suburban homes doesn't really apply there it's it's much more like oh yeah this feels suburban yeah that me.
1: felt much more suburban yeah lots of hills out there too
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so from there we curve back in to Alley Pond Park, which was something that on the route, we only passed through briefly, but we ended up exploring a lot more of it on this trip than was initially intended because there's a lot of trails in there and it's a really fantastic park. You know, it it continues this pattern that we've seen of really amazing natural areas in the middle of a city where you wouldn't necessarily think that if you're just looking at the top line items that anybody thinks of new york right and so yeah that in, included in this area of valley palm park is a lot of paths for biking mm-hmm. there's an adventure course area where there's climbing walls and you know like a
1: ropes course yeah ropes course and, yeah
0: There's a lot of picnic areas, which were nice. There were, when we, especially on Saturday, the last day of this week, when we walked out there, there were a ton of families out there. We ended up recording our most recent Use of Force episode out there. You can check that out on the the podcast page. There was also some people playing cricket, which yeah,
1: that was cool. is the,
0: the one one of a very few handful of sports that I just don't know the rules for at all. But we were trying to piece together some things while we were watching and
1: there, I don't think we figured it out at all. I feel like I
0: know a little bit more. <laughs> really? Yeah. I I there's something about the perimeter that's created of the course where it seems like if the ball, which I don't even know if it has a special name, it yeah. goes outside of that perimeter it counts for something good for the people that are hitting. Because I watched one guy try and stop the ball. It like seemed like a very casual situation. And then he made a mistake. It looked like he made a mistake and let the ball get past him. And then as soon as the ball crossed that threshold, a bunch of people started cheering, which like it – they, I don't think they were cheering for his mistake. I think there's something to yeah, do. Yeah, there with. must
1: be something that that is good about that, I guess. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, as always, if anybody knows anything about cricket, we're happy to hear from you about the rules. And yeah. One, one day I just need we need to just, you know, watch a movie or something.
1: Yeah, or watch an entire game at least. God,
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they'll describe it to us during the game.
1: No, but we maybe we could figure it out. I feel like
0: It's like learning Spanish watching telenovelas.
1: <laughs> right. Which is possible to do, I would think. Yeah. I feel like I've learned a lot of what I know about sports just by going to games and then being surrounded by people that cheer and stand up at the same time and being being like, "Okay, oh, hey, something good happened. What what just happened? I'll get up and cheer too and then I'll I'll figure it out next time." Right, right.
0: So, yeah, there, and within that area, there's also some amazing trails where you can get far enough in where you don't even really realize that you're in the city anymore. So that was really cool. Yeah. But it's, I mean, as we said, it's, it's only a couple of miles away from Queen, or sorry, from Nassau. So yeah. it's very difficult for anybody to experience this unless they're really driven to go out there and so few people would talk about this park like i don't have really ever heard anybody talk about this to me
1: yeah i don't know that i had heard of it before either our friend Layla certainly knew about it because she works right with parks and natural areas and it's a natural area in the city but yeah it's far flung one other cool thing about alley pond park that i want to say is that the oldest tree yeah, I was going
0: to there... talk about that as well. There's an upper kind of it's divided by roads, <laughs> Grand Central and the Cross Island Parkway. Yeah, not Way. just roads,
1: highways. Yeah, highways. <laughs>
0: uh, so you have to like go in and out of it, and the section that is divided by the Long Island Expressway, it has, yep, yeah, as Jesse said, the tallest trees in the city. Yeah. So we walk through there as well, and it that there's a little path that goes through that area. And it is right up against the highway. So it's pretty funny because you can be walking and that area, I guess, is prone to traffic. And so you'll be walking through the forest and then you'll turn to your right and there are people looking at you. And they, I think they're a little confused because- <laughs> From their car. Yeah, it yeah. looks like just a forest and then there's just a random person you know, walking through, maybe filming them, not inadvertently. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing, I think you know, you can you can do a pretty strong loop in or in an hour or so. And we didn't even tackle all the areas. There's there's too many to to hit. So I would recommend it for people looking for something to do for a day that like nature in the city but don't want to necessarily go upstate mm-hmm. or just want to do something different. Yeah. You know? So at that point we are rounding the turn, heading back home. We spend a lot of time on 73rd Avenue, which probably doesn't mean much to anybody, but it's a long stretch of road. We, when we make the turn at Alley Palm Park, we're somewhere in like the 232 region, 232nd Street, that is. And then we take the train all the way back at 75th street. And it's, it seems to me as convoluted as Queen's streets are, that it, there actually is a, there is a grid that more or less follows that. So we're walking something like, I don't know, what's 230 minus 75. It's like 150 something, 155 streets or something. I think right?
1: 170 or 80 or something. Two thirty minus seventy five.
0: Two thirty 230, two thirty two minus or two thirty a hundred would be. Oh, 130. you were
1: right. One fifty five. Yeah. Oh like no, that. my fast math.
0: Fast math. So long as one of us got it right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm usually
1: the math whiz, though, but you're a good math whiz too.
0: You're the math whiz of the family. <laughs> so, this. So yes, we are on seventy third for quite some time, and that area is. You know, mostly residential. I, there's there's a smattering of commercial here and there. It's all car commercial. I mean, there's parking lots and whatnot mm-hmm. for people to drive up to. We go through Cunningham Park, which is mostly there was big soccer fields there. There were there were always there were soccer camps going right. on all week.
1: Yeah, that was fun to watch. Two days in a row, it was raining just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. As we passed by and the first day we overheard the camp counselor, I suppose, or soccer coach, whatever his role was, saying to the kids, okay, so we're going to get back out there. If it starts raining again, we're going to call it a day. We're not going to play anymore, but we're going to give it one more shot. And then one kid of 30 said oh, no, I just put my other shoes on. And then the camp counselor said, all right, I mean, does anyone want to go back out? And it was just he had made a grave mistake.
0: <laughs> he really invited the, the doubts of yeah. too many eight-year-olds.
1: Yeah. And then we I don't know how it played out from there because we had to go. But the next day, same camp counselor, same group of 30 children were also pulled off to the side because it was raining slightly, and parents were just coming to pick them up. Yeah. And I can only imagine what had transpired the day before.
0: I think he got paid in advance. That would be my guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, me. I mean, who, I don't know how that works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was funny <laughs> to watch. I felt a little bad for him. He seemed maybe a little outmatched by all the children.
1: Anyone would be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not anyone. You just don't give them the choice.
1: No, I guess, When yeah. somebody
0: asks, I have to put my shoes back on, you say, you get to put your shoes back on. See,
1: yeah, you really, you should have yelled that out before he <laughs> opened his mouth and right. we could have saved everyone a big deal of trouble.
0: Right. I think uh, one thing I want to call out before we get too far along is that we also were passing our friend Sean's. High school, St. Francis Prep. Yeah. So we got to see what that looks like. And it was it was just fun to, to wave at it. It's closed, obviously, for yeah. multiple reasons. But...
1: It's the summer during a pandemic. Yeah. So but, two reasons not to have school open.
0: Yeah. But hopefully we'll pass through that area again and maybe get Sean on the podcast yeah. to, to talk about it. And so, yeah, we're we're just zooming down 73rd. It's... It always felt, each day that we made this turn, I felt like it it took, mentally it was faster than it actually took. But I think the there was an advantage to it being a straightaway, something that makes it feel more achievable Mm -hmm. rather than having to twist and turn. And somewhere along the way, in the 170s or something like that, we turned down and we're on Union Turnpike after that for quite some time.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And that's... Goes right by St. John's University. So we, we passed that very briefly. Not really like the main attractive portion of it, but kind of the, the back door entrance right. in order to get in. So uh, that's cool. We passed by a, a couple, we also passed by Queensborough Community College earlier in the route. Right. And we passed by York College, I believe, when we're in Jamaica. So, there are a bunch of universities in the city. Yeah. There weren't – they – we've passed by a few this month, but not all of them are open to traffic. So, we really don't have an opportunity to enjoy their campus.
1: Right. Maybe in the future, maybe we'll be able to walk through the campuses. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Did we – is Union Turnpike then also where we saw the Little Sisters – Novitiate?
0: No, that was actually earlier. That was earlier. Yeah, worth bringing up. That was on Springfield Boulevard in Queens Village.
1: So, the name is Little Sisters of the Poor, Mm -hmm. and the fourth vow is of hospitality, and for this group of women, they are promising God to consecrate themselves totally to the service of the elderly poor. Oh, okay. So that, because when we were, so we looked at the building and we saw, oh, the little sisters of the poor, but it's this huge building and it's beautiful. And we were trying to figure out what that meant. And I'm, that's nice to hear what that means because, yeah, I guess no matter how old you are, if you're promising yourself to take care of the elderly poor, then you will always be littler.
0: Yeah, so it was it was in the middle of an area where you wouldn't expect that, I guess. I don't know, it was yeah. it was kind of a busier thoroughfare there. I think it was across the street from like a, a auto body shop. Right. But the it was enclosed in a you know, very high fenced brick plot of land, like a multiple acre plot of land. Yeah. And, yeah, it was it was interesting to see.
1: Yeah. It might actually be where the caring of the elderly is taking place.
0: Well, there's an, I believe there's an adjacent home. Okay. So, that that, that would make sense. Yeah. There's the Queen of Peace residence, so it's probably...
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: It's probably attached in some way. So... Yeah, so that's kind of like a college campus.
1: Well, that's why I brought it up, because it kind of looks that way. Mm -hmm. It's with the big walls and the big building and the campus type landscape.
0: Yeah. So back to Union Turnpike, we walk down there. One of the days of the week when Jesse was not with me, I mistook how to get... On with the route. Yeah. There is a really ugly knot of <laughs> of highways right at Union Turnpike and I guess Flushing Park. And there is yeah, there's Grand Central, Jackie Robinson, Queens Boulevard, Van Wick and it is impassable and i didn't realize that until i gotten too far in so then i rather than go back i took a route that took a little bit longer and walked by willow lake in flushing park which i didn't tell jesse about very much. So, she's hearing it in real time, too. Yeah.
1: First time hearing this.
0: But uh I'm not going to talk Sounds about nice. too much other than to say that the Willow Lake Preserve Trail was a beautifully made trail. Oh. it's If you see the Instagram pictures, there is a picture that I took from there where you need to walk along some... I guess, concrete blocks that are embedded in mud, they might not be concrete. Is that what
1: that was? Yeah. I saw that and I thought to myself, wow, I did not see that. Mike took that, Mike stopped to take that picture and I just completely missed it somehow. No. Okay.
0: So, (laughs) yeah, it's the lower portion of Flushing Meadows Park and definitely worth a walk around sometime if you're inclined to do that sort of thing. It was also, I guess, monarch butterfly breeding season. So we saw some monarch butterflies. Or I saw some monarch butterflies. Me and my camera saw some monarch butterflies. (laughs) But that's that was only one day a week that we went that way. But once we figured out how to get through that mass of 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 highways, it became a lot easier to get around. So we walked down Hoover Avenue. It's funny. There's there's this section where Coolidge Avenue and Hoover Avenue are right next to each other. So oh, the, the two very presidential. But then there's no more presidential streets in that area. Just those two. Interesting. So, and they. I
1: wonder why those two were chosen.
0: They may be next to each other in the presidential succession. Oh, are they? I'm not sure. Can't quote me on that, but it feels like they they were, and. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could just start spouting a lot of things that I don't know anything about. But I think <sighs> I think Hoover might have some connection in New York City. He was... He
1: died in the Waldorf Astoria.
0: Yeah. He was a very rich man. Not a very good president.
1: Calvin Coolidge was the 30th. Yeah. Herbert Hoover was the 31st. There you go. So, you were correct. Ding, ding, ding. Fact ding, ding, checked. ding. I
0: win it. I won. I won, won the podcast. That. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Coolidge I... had no relation to New York. That's obvious mm-hmm. from a very quick Wikipedia.
0: Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. I, knew, I think Hoover did, though. Um, one thing I know about Hoover is that they started up the presidential pension fund sometime in the fifties mm-hmm. because Truman, Harry S. Truman, was mm-hmm. broke.
1: Okay, and
0: even though Herbert Hoover did not need the pension, he took it anyway so that Truman would not feel disgraced. Oh. Yeah. But Herbert Hoover also, I believe, presided over the depression. So, Mm. you know, he (laughs) complicated, complicated figure. So, yeah, so we go through this section here and despite the fact that it is a morass of highways, it's actually quite a lot of nice buildings in this area. Yeah. I I don't know if it I mean it's Kew Gardens to some section, perhaps Briarwood in others. I the Queens County Criminal Court is there, which was a, a cool looking building. And yeah, I in particular Kew Gardens area where the like the town center is and where the Kew Gardens Long Island Railroad stop is, you you had a nickname for it, it's didn't so you? It's
1: so cute. It's Cute Gardens.
0: That's right. Cute Gardens <laughs> is what...
1: It really is, especially right where the Long Island Railroad stop is. Yeah. On one side, it's the train station. And then on the other side, there's these little steps down into a beer garden mm-hmm. situation. Yep. Three or four different restaurants all have outdoor tables and it seems like they all kind of merge into one area. Yeah. Seems like a nice place to hang out.
0: Yep. There's also a bagel store there, very quickly. Baker's Dozen Bagels. Yeah. Smelled wonderfully.
1: As you said. Which
0: made me recognize that a big part of the bagel experience is also the acquisition of the bagel. Right. So it smelled like garlic in there and basically just like everything bagel toppings which immediately set the stage for a good experience and there were a lot of really bagel professionals I'd call them yeah. that were there they just they were on point with taking the orders they knew everything about the bagels they were not people that were hired to sell bagels they were people that were in the business of bagel selling
1: they were bagel people yeah yes they had by the time you had ordered, they had your bagel ready. Yeah, it was like as soon as it, as soon as you finished saying scallion cream cheese, they had the bag ready to go.
0: Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, everything bagel, not as much salt as I would like, but it had it on there. And honestly, the bagel was only okay to slightly above average, which goes to show how much the actual purchasing experience means because I feel like it goes over a couple of other bagels I've had so far over the past few weeks. Right. But I think I, it would have been better if I would gotten there earlier. I think that they are capable of making a very good bagel, but it was... The one that I had was simply average.
1: You also usually ask if any of them are hot, but this time you didn't ask if they were hot. You just ordered the everything bagel.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm maybe getting a little carried out away in the idea of getting the same type of bagel at each location in order to have a, a oh. control, but I did not this time. You're right.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, so cute gardens.
1: Cute gardens. Nice
0: area to go through. And also just all of the, the the homes in that area, very nice. I imagine they cost a, a good deal of money. Oh yeah, I didn't do a
1: Zillow search on that. Maybe next time we go through cute gardens, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah.
0: And then we, there would be slight variations each day that we went through this area, but basically we find ourselves on the other side of the forest park area and we shoot down park lane there for a while and also just go back go over some really nice homes um if it's 84th avenue was a a nice strip and basically anywhere you turn down starting from like the low hundreds to the high 90s in order to get onto what is it the where the elevated tracks are Mm -hmm. uh, i guess it's it's jamaica Jamaica. avenue yeah though all of those homes are very nice too and so yeah i mean it's has a lot going for it in terms of being right near Forest Park, and nice-looking homes, and and also being near the J Train.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it feels like a really nice area. Yeah. There's one more thing I want to say before we got to back to the J Train. Mm-hmm. We were walking down Jamaica, and we saw one bar, Jordy's. Yeah. This Irish bar that was so felt so out of place. in that area. I don't know what else to say about it. It was just funny. There were no Irish establishments at all. No. And then all of a sudden this one Irish bar with 10 or 12 people sitting outside that all looked like they were Irish. And then no one else like no one else in the area. I like it was like, did they just get helicoptered in or something like like where did these people come from like what was was going on it was funny yeah
0: it looked like it was the last vestige of something that had been there for maybe yeah
1: i mean that's something we could do some research on too yeah there's only so much time to research when you're walking a marathon every day
0: that's right that's why you do a lot of the research because you have the opportunity to do so yeah which is great that's why we're a team we're a team so that yeah and then we get on the train which is not Jesse's favorite activity. I
1: don't like it. I don't like it right now. Yeah, No, it's fine. It's only a couple stops, but it's like, yeah, man. We were talking about it yesterday. The subway in New York is great. It's great that we have it. It's a great transit option. It goes everywhere. It's the same price. It's very fair. It's uh, not super clean, (laughs) but fine. It's safe. But there's no, because it's, you know, there's no way around it. There's no way to sort of control what's going on on there. And right now there's plenty of signs that say wear your mask, but there's always plenty of signs that tell people what to do and they don't listen. There's a level of etiquette that you can choose to have or not. And so the majority of people are wearing a mask and distancing and being very respectful. But you just, you know, one person can come on and really cause a scene. And that happens during all times. But it's particularly upsetting right now because it's not only annoying, but it's also there's COVID around. And (laughs) if somebody's Causing a scene, they might also be spreading this deadly virus. So that isn't great, (laughs) but you know, I just double mask. I double mask when I go on the train. We're only on it for five stops or so on this route. And most weeks we are not on it at all. We're just walking. So,
0: all right. So that does it for this week's route. (laughs) There's not much to report on the what hurts front other than the feet hurt that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. I think that having the four-day week off actually was a little bit of a detriment cuz things that had calloused up got opened up again, mm. but we'll see. We only have this one day off. This is a Sunday. Yeah, we'll we see start how this again week goes. Tomorrow.
1: tomorrow. My thigh, you just gave your what hurts? I I I didn't give what my hurts.
0: I'm sorry, what hurts? It's
1: okay. My thigh was hurting a lot the other day. Yeah. Yeah. That was new. That was like what I expected to happen the first week. Yeah. And then it didn't happen till the fifth week. Yeah. And that was interesting. Yeah. And new. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully. There was
1: only one day and then it went away the next day. I felt fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The inside of my right foot, some some sort of muscle that goes alongside, along the length of the right foot. I'm sure somebody could tell me what it is. That hurts. Yeah. And then on uh, my left side, my ankle, the front part of my ankle. That hurts. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Also, I got a bunch of blisters. Yeah. Again. So, but they seem to be fine now. And yeah, so that's it. And next week is our last week in Queens for the rest of the summer. So we'll be going down to South Queens. And a month ago, we were in the beaches of Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah. And now we'll be tackling the Far Rockaway portion of Queens.
1: Yeah. Beach so, time again. Yeah.
0: And tomorrow, supposed to be 98 degrees. It's
1: supposed to be hot stuff. Yeah. So I think... Just like the band.
0: Yeah. That's right. Just like the band. <laughs> tomorrow, 98 degrees is going to walk with us. <laughs> and we're going to start at early. I'm not going to say any time. We're going to no, start early. No, let's not
1: hold ourselves to anything. We are going to start early. We'll tell you about it later.
0: That's right. Next week. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. As always... Probably, if you're hearing this, you're already subscribed, but if you're not, you should subscribe. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. That
2: would be
1: great. Yeah.
0: And let us know what you think. We'd like the feedback. It's fun.
1: It is fun. It is fun to hear what everybody's thinking and interact with you all in a back and forth way. Yeah.
0: So take care for now, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.